Good morning, church. Today's uh, scripture reading will be from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. That's Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Thank you, Matt. Well, it's great to see all of you guys today. And you do look good. Um, All you guys at home look good, too. Don't want you to feel slighted in this, no matter what you're wearing uh, or not wearing. Uh, You all look good. And it's always great to be able to be together and to talk about God and to see some of the things that God has for us. So like Mike mentioned earlier, we do want to talk about Jesus being for all, but we're going to start in the Old Testament because this story is not a new story. It starts from the very beginning, and so this is one of the places where it does begin and it does start. It's a blessing for all. So we're going to talk this week about the idea of Jesus being a blessing, next week he's a leader, then Jesus as a child, and then Jesus as a king. So all of those seem to have their roots at least, or their beginnings from the Old Testament. And so what do you feel like when you're blessed? Do you feel blessed today? Oh, good. Lots of people who feel blessed today. Well, that's good. Well, what does that really mean? Do you feel blessed? I think some people don't feel blessed at all anymore because after all, they, you know, they can't go out and they can't go do everything that they want to do. And if they do, then people don't like it. And there seems to be all this tension that goes around. And so what do we mean by being blessed? Well, when you look at dictionaries, it talks about enjoyment or happiness or things like that. It talks about bringing pleasure or contentment or good fortune, uh, being favored. A person might be blessed with a healthy body. A person might be blessed with the ability to have friends or because they have friends or they're blessed because they're talented And so we would say that people even who are just contented are blessed because they can realize their contentment. Well, when we start looking at what does God mean for us to be blessed, and specifically with Jesus, what is that talking about as the blessing of God? And it seems to be in who you trust. It's more important when you believe in someone. And so that seems to be the beginning point of blessing, is that someone believes in you or that you believe in someone else, that you believe in God, that you would believe in what God is about to do, that you would see this as a gift. And maybe it's a little bit hard to believe in a blessing right now because of so much disease that's going around and so many people that we see that are suffering. And We're afraid people will make us sick, and then their masks are important, and and all of these things. It's kind of difficult to see much blessing in our world today. But I think it's important. 
And we seem not to trust each other as much. You know, it's a little bit harder to do now. We're kind of suspicious of of everyone and everything. And uh, it's been that way for a while. It's not just since the COVID has come. It's, you know, we always think people are trying to work an angle on us. That all of that advertising just may not quite be true. You know, it just sounds a little better than what it should be. And so we're a little bit suspicious of people. Or we think maybe they're just wrong. And so that's always a possibility as well. And so we decide that, you know, I'm not sure I trust anybody. So what does God mean when he says to be blessed? And secondly, would we want to be involved in the blessing of God? Are we sure we even want that blessing of God? And so let's look at the passage where we're beginning in Genesis 12. And this passage talks about Abram, the passage that Matt has read to us. And God is going to give Abram a blessing. And that's where all of it begins, is God just decides, you know what, Abram, you're the guy. I like Abram. He's a good person. And I'm going to just bless him. And so he gives him this blessing. But this blessing includes a lot of different parts. It's going to be a blessing to you, Abraham. But also it's going to be a blessing to all other people. And so I want you to realize that. This blessing also includes a move. So I want you to get packed and I want you to get ready and then you're going to move and you're going to move to a place that I'll show you. There's some discussion about whether he knew that or not, but he moves from there to the land of Canaan. Well, that's not just across the street. That's a long ways, even by our standards today. It didn't take just a a week or two. This took a long time for him to be able to move and to pack up everything to go to a place where no one knows him. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he's doing there. They don't understand his God. And if you've ever been in that situation, you can feel very isolated where you're away from all of your family and you don't feel like you fit or you belong or you don't know anyone. This involves... God's protection. And God says, I'll bless the people that are good to you, and I'll curse the people that are not good to you. It's almost like God is the protector. God is the one who's there with it. And all nations will be blessed in you, not just your nation, but all nations. The nation where you're living and everyone everywhere will be blessed in you. And it's a huge thing. And the most important part of all of this is Abraham believes God. He doesn't have any doubt at all. He understands that this is what's going to happen, and so he believes in God. Abraham's 75 years old when this blessing comes to him. Okay, are you ready to start a family at 75? That may seem like bad timing, Uh Seems like maybe you thought you were done, but uh, he believes, he acts immediately on what God says by getting ready immediately to move to the land of Canaan, and so he is ready to go, and he is going to be going there. And so, I feel like I'm not dressed, I don't get this microphone to work right. 
It's the first introduction. It begins with a promise. And so this first idea of God blessing people or blessing this world comes through a man of faith. And that's what he's trying to describe is this man of faith as he tells him, you're going to move to this land of Canaan. It's very, very general, this blessing. Everybody will be blessed. Well, how? Do they get a rebate? Do they get land? What do they get? What is the blessing? But we don't know. We aren't even told that. The main thing is that Abraham believes God. In fact, Abraham believes God so much that God calls it righteous. But it is a very general blessing. It must involve children because he has told him he will be a great nation. He'll have a great name, and he will be a great nation for a great many people. And he hadn't really given him specifics yet. In Genesis 15, we see this repeated again, and he gives him some figures. He said, it's going to be like sand on the seashore. It's going to be like stars in the heavens. Well, that's, that, that would be a lot of kids. And so that would be a great thing. He would be a great person and have a great nation and be a great, there'd be a great blessing to all of these people. And so that sounds really good, but he doesn't say what it is. How is it going to work? All he knows is I want to be part of the blessing of God. Whether it's just to me, or whether it's to my family, or whether it's to my neighborhood, or whether it's to every single person in the whole earth that has ever lived or ever existed at any possible time. He says, that, I want to be involved in the blessing of God. And so he believes God, and God calls it righteous. And 25 years later... Abram has his first son, Isaac. Well, they're still a long way from family. They weren't around anybody else, and so there's no other family to rejoice with. There's no other people that you know, and this is your, there's no grandpas, there's no cousins, there's no anybody else around him. And so there's a blessing Abram does become rich. He does become respected by people. But he's basically alone in this land. And then as we know the story, God calls Abraham to offer his son Isaac as an offering in worship. And as he is supposed to offer his son Isaac in worship, he would be effectively killing the promise that God had made to him. And by all logical means, it looks like, well, he's not going to have this promise whatsoever anymore at all, and so he's not going to be able to have the promise of God. But that's not the way Abraham thinks. He thinks, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe in God enough to do it, enough to start it, enough to say that this is the blessing of God, I'll do whatever it takes. And so he gets up the very next day after God has told him this, and he decides, I'm going to go offer my son. And he does go three days' journey and gets the, the wood and the knife and the fire and uh, 
from our descriptions that we see, it's Abraham carries the knife and the fire, and okay, Isaac, you can carry the wood. And so he's not just a little boy. He is perhaps someone who is much bigger than Abraham, because Abraham's a hundred years old when he's born, and now it's maybe 20 years later, and so he's getting older, and God asked him to kill his own blessing. How can anybody be blessed if I do that? And yet he believes that. And just as he is ready to kill Isaac and light the fire, the angel of the Lord stops him. And in Genesis 22, he tells him this about that situation. It says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And so Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and they went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Well, there's a lot of things in this passage. It's kind of amazing. It says the angel of the Lord called to Abraham. He had told him to go and to offer his son. Now the angel of the Lord called to him a second time from heaven. And he says, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord. Wait, is he the angel or is he the Lord? And the answer is yes. We don't have time to go into all of that, but it looks as if every time he's got the angel of the Lord, he's really talking about the Lord himself, specifically talking about Jesus. And so, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, because you've not withheld your son, I'm going to bless you. And then it seems like he repeats the same blessing, doesn't it? Hadn't he already promised him this? Isn't this already what he said? But, you know, you notice when you look at it, it's, you know, because you have done this, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, because you have done the sacrifice... And we, we look at this and go, well, wait a second. I mean, yes, he did this. Yes, he was the sacrifice. But is there something different here? Didn't he already have this? And so why is he saying this? Why is it now because he didn't withhold his son? And before, it was just the fact that God said, okay, I'm going to bless you. Did something change in that time? Well, it's not because anything has changed. The first time God says it, it's because of God. And it's because of who God is and that God himself can choose to bless any person he wants to. And the second time, it's because 
Abraham has acted in a way in accordance with the blessing. He has acted like a son who is blessed. He has acted like a person who is going to receive this from God. And so he has acted as if, of course, this is going to happen. And of course, I would do anything that you said. And so now it's not only because of God himself and what he has said, but because Abraham, your faith is now seen as a positive thing. Your faith is now seen as being acted out in your life. And I know that you are fully into this promise that I am going to give you. And so he's acting like the man of faith that God always said he was. And of course he is. And so whatever God is going to do is going to turn out fine. Even if it means he's killing his own blessing, the promised son, And it's the only way logically it's ever going to make sense. But it's also going to be against any logic. And he believes beyond any method. We tend to get caught in the method, don't we? Well, God will bless because of this. It'll work this way. Have you ever prayed that specific of a prayer? It's going to work like this, God, and I know that this person's going to come and that person's going to do this and I can see it all working out. And God, I just pray that you're going to let it all happen. It's going to happen and it's going to be great and it's going to be wonderful and I've already got it all planned for you so, you know, the work is off of you. It should be easy. And God doesn't do it our way. Why doesn't he do it our way? We had it all worked out for him. You know, we even had the people picked out. This is what I want. This is what I want to see happen. This is how it can all work. And it it never does. And so how can that be? Abraham has to reach the impossible conclusion. This is it. This is the end. There's only one other option. The other option is, is that God raises the dead. That somehow this son, if God wants him offered as a sacrifice, that God would then raise him from the dead. And that God can do whatever God wants. And Abraham believes everything God can do. Because God is doing something bigger than what we can see. He knows he's not the end. He doesn't know exactly what the blessing is. And he believes in God beyond reason all the way to tragedy. The thing that I find amazing in all of this is God was never conditional with Abraham. I don't really find the passage where God says, you know, Abraham, if you will obey my voice and if you will offer your son and if you will worship me and if you will remain faithful and if you will, there's no if you wills. It's Abraham, you're righteous because you believe. Well, isn't it because I obeyed? Well, but you obeyed because you believe. And so there's no, if you do this and if you obey my voice, but there is that language with all of his children after him. 
when you start looking at some of the passages in Deuteronomy that talk about this same idea and the same promise that's given to the descendants of Abraham who are to be this blessing. It's if you're faithful and if you do what's right and if you keep my law and if you do my word. And well, why did he have to put all that in? Because they weren't faithful. God does not have to put all of that in if we're already faithful. If we're already doing it, you don't have to talk like that. You don't threaten your child when they haven't done anything. At least I hope not. (laughs) It's not a matter of saying, well, you know, uh, you'll get to have dinner tonight if you clean your room and if you do this and if you do that. And uh, no, because you expect them to do it and they expect to do it. And it's just a matter of saying, okay, this is how it works. We're all a family. We just all work together. And you don't have to have the threat. So Abraham doesn't have the threat, but for some of the rest of us, you have to have the threat. Don't feel like that's something against you. It's just because we haven't always been that good in the past. And so sometimes if God has to say, you need to do this or else, the or else is just there because we haven't done such a good job in the rest of it. And God is trying to say, this is how it works. And if we're faithful, we see this happening. So we don't see Abraham or God being conditional with Abraham because he's obedient, because he's pleasing to God, because he's always faithful. Paul writes in Romans chapter 4, there are so many other passages about Abraham, we don't have time to do them all today. But I do want you to get this concept of blessing that comes through Abraham. And so he's talking about Abraham and about what happened with him. And it says, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. He believed and made no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. And it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And so he talks about this faith of Abraham, that he didn't grow weak when he looked at the impossibility of even having a child at 100 years old. He grew strong in faith and every single step along the way said, well, that was impossible. Why should I doubt the next impossible situation? And so he was ready to go into that because of the blessing of God. And he knew that blessing of God was something that was coming. He was fully convinced that God could do what was promised. And his faith was counted as righteousness. And then Paul turns on it and says, and he wasn't just writing about Abraham. It's not just a story. It's not a historical event. 
It's a present-day reality of the blessing of God. And that the reason we're able to sit here today is because of this promise to Abraham. Because the blessing to Abraham and to his descendants, it was to one descendant that all nations would be blessed because Jesus was in the line of Abraham and Jesus was the one who would come. And it's a long time later. And Abraham didn't see it, didn't grasp it. I don't think he even understood it, even though he lived in it. He lived through the concept of sacrifice of an only son. He lived through the concept of having to believe this is the promise of God. And the only way the promise of God can be fulfilled is by resurrection. And so Abraham understood this. He understood the gospel and what it was all about, that there is a death that occurs because God is bringing about a resurrection and that somehow in our life that we would die because of our sin and that we would need this resurrection. And because of Jesus, because of this son of Abraham, we are able to have this. It was not written for them only, but also for us, that we might be part of this promise. Because this blessing is for all people. And Jesus died for our sins, and he was raised from the dead for our justification. And it will be counted to us also as people of faith. I saw this. Sometimes we the fight is just being faithful while others are giving up. Keep standing in faith. It will pay off in eternity. Amen. So when we hit difficult times, even though we may not understand the full extent of the blessing of God and may not even understand our purpose or our place in the blessing of God, I think it's important that we realize we are part of the process. That we are part of that time when God is going to bless. And so it's not just Abraham, but then it's also Isaac, and then it's also Jacob, and then it's also the 12 sons, and then it's also their children, and then it's also the next, and the next, and the next and even though it starts with Abraham, every single person of faith after that is part of the blessing of God and part of the one who would give this blessing that God blesses in an extraordinary way. The blessing is that Isaac didn't die. There was a ram caught by his horns and they named the mountain the Lord will provide. Because in the mountain of the Lord, it was provided that there would be a sacrifice. And that sacrifice was what he offered. And the blessing is to have that family together, that we would believe God in impossible situations. And so while the blessing is that Isaac didn't die... The blessing is also that Jesus did die. Another son of Abraham, because there was no ram caught in the thicket. He was the sacrifice 
offered in worship to God. And the Lord provided for us a perfect lamb. We believe the only good person who ever lived, who ever did it perfect, is the one who died on a cross for us. Abraham believed God and he was counted as righteous. And the Bible describes that this is possible for all of us, that every single other person who believes God, that Jesus Christ is this sacrifice for him, can be counted as righteous. Because God promised a blessing to a man of faith. And God still promises blessings to people of faith. As we look at all of this, in your offspring, all nations of the earth would be blessed. And in us, by faith, God is continuing to bless the world. Don't think you're not part of it. We're definitely part of it. It's where we are. We believe in the blessing, even in times when we can't meet, even in the times when it's difficult, even in the times of death and disease and tragedy. And yes, there was lots of tragedy. But it's because of this idea of faith. Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham was certainly obedient, and he did everything God said to the point of sacrificing his son. And certainly today, as we believe in God and in this blessing that he is going to bring, we would do everything possible to be part of this blessing of God. We would repent of sins. We would be baptized into Christ. We would recognize our connection with this blessing of God that he gave to Abraham who was beginning so long ago. And some people are going to be blessed because we believe. The children we raise will be a blessing because they believe. See, it wasn't just Jesus. It was a whole line of people. And you can go back and look at all of this, those historical figures. Was Joseph a blessing somehow to people around him? I mean, absolutely. Kind of the sold into slavery part doesn't show up so much, but uh, certainly the fact that he was able to save the nation of Egypt and predict the famine, and be able to get past all of that. He was a blessing to all of them. Certainly David is a king that understands what it means to be a blessing to so many people, because we still sing songs of David, and Jeremiah, and Elijah, and Hezekiah, and even Haggai. We're doing Haggai on Sunday morning. What a blessing he is as he's able to speak to the people about what God is doing in the world around him. And so, yeah, it's the blessing of Jesus. And maybe we carry the blessing of Jesus because we have the faith of Abraham to say this is how the blessing works. And it's where it all began. And there's a blessing of salvation, of grace, and of the Holy Spirit, and of redemption And there is this bond in the spirit that all of us are able to share. 
And so today I'd invite you to come and be part of the blessing of God. Are you there already? Are you already the faithful that are living and being blessed by God, even though sometimes are difficult and sometimes we're going to see this great blessing? We have a world that's hurting and definitely needs his blessing. And they need to see people of faith. That's why I'm so glad for all of you to be here. For all of you at home to be watching as you are people of faith. That's able to pass the peace and the grace of God to a broken world.